0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. All who have this hope in
1: Him purify themselves just as He is pure. In other words, when you know that the Lord could come at any time, that is going to have a profound impact on how you live your life. You get your affairs in order. He's coming.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. The Bible makes it clear it's not a matter of if Christ will return, but when. No one knows when, but it will happen. Knowing this can happen at any time, Pastor J.D. asks you today, Are you ready are you right with the Lord? And are you serious about the things of God? End times shouldn't cause you fear, but should guide how you live. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2.0. With today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: How about the famous, very well-known Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24? Oh my goodness, pastors love to preach out of Matthew 24. When the disciples asked Jesus, what are going to be the signs of your return and the end of the age? And Jesus says, let no man deceive you. Don't, the first thing he says is don't be deceived. There's going to be a, a lot of false Christ coming in my name. Don't be deceived. And then he goes on and lists things like famines and pestilences and, and earthquakes. And oh, by the way, we talked about this, uh, Pastor Mac and I, that uh, he says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. In the original language of the Greek New Testament, that word for uh, nation is ethnos, where we get our English word for ethnic. in other words, ethnicity will rise up against ethnicity and the, <laughs> these will be the, <laughs> these will be the beginning of birth pains, meaning that they will come with greater frequency and in greater intensity. so don't be deceived. He's clearing it up. And then when he gets to verse 5, which we will get to, Lord willing, next week, we're in no hurry, in case you didn't notice, going through 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I, I hope you know why. I've shared it in the past. I'll share it again. I hope you don't tire of me saying it. But if you were to put a caption on a picture of what is happening in the world today, you could sum it up with Second Thessalonians 2. You know what is in this chapter? You know what we're going to be talking about after verse 3? We're going to be talking about the Antichrist being revealed after the church is removed. And he's this man of lawlessness, and the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And God says he himself will send this powerful delusion, deception. And it will be so strong that people will believe the lie. Why? Because they rejected the truth. Oh my goodness. This is an apt description of exactly where we are at today in this world. You know what's going to happen next? The rapture. I was asked, uh, Pastor J.D., uh, You you make it sound like it's really close. (laughs) I mean, my goodness. Actually, this is, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is why this matters. This is why this matters, because if this is the rapture, and it is, do you realize if the Antichrist cannot be revealed, the, the lawlessness that we already see at work... And the rapture comes first, then, verse 3, the Antichrist is revealed. And we're already seeing lawlessness at work. That means the rapture is like really close. Think about what Jesus said. He said, Behold, I come in an hour you, expect not. It's sooner than any of us could possibly imagine. Verse 5. When we get to verse 5, Paul says this, Don't you remember I told you this when I was with you? Wait, what did you tell us? Where did you write us? Don't you remember? No, I told you. Okay, let's go over it again. I, I picture the Apostle Paul with his eraser, and his chalkboard. I don't think they had chalkboards back, but but let's just say they did. He takes his eraser, and he erases the chalkboard, and he says, okay, let, let's start from scratch. Let's review the material. Don't, you, you, you don't remember? Okay, let's review everything. And that's what this is. Listen to, again, what Wood says. He says it best this way. What Paul is doing in 2 Thessalonians 2, is he is reviewing ground that he has already covered. When you review prior ground, you do not lay the fundamentals down all over again, do you? You do not use the identical vocabulary that you used previously. I am a teacher in a college, and when I review for the test, I do not reteach all the material covered earlier In the semester, I use different words. What Paul is doing here is a review course, and that is why he does not use the identical language that he used to describe the rapture in 1 Thessalonians. It is also worth noting, listen very carefully, this is very important, this is what settled it for me, that the mere absence of the word harpazo, should not, in and of itself, disqualify a passage like Second Thessalonians two three from being a rapture passage, since many commonly accepted rapture passages, John 14one through three, this was a biggie for me. First Corinthians fifteen verses fifty through fifty eight, where Paul says, "We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed." That's in the nursery of every church. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all (laughs) be changed. In the metamorphosis, in the twinkling of an eye, we put off corruptible, the old bodies. I can't wait. And we put on our new glorified bodies. That's the rapture. He doesn't use the word harpazo. Titus 2.13, our blessed hope also fail to employ the term harpazo. Moreover, many would also consider the catching up of the two witnesses during the tribulation period as a type of a rapture, Revelation eleven twelve. 12 even though the verb harpazo is not employed here either. Makes sense. Okay. Thank you, Pastor, for that dissertation. <laughs> um, here's the question. Why does this even matter? Why are you getting so excited and so worked up? I'm glad you asked. You asked, right? I'm going to answer anyway. I mean, come on, with all due respect... The interpretation of Second 2 Thessalonians 2.3 is not a matter of salvation. Yeah, you're right. I concur. But may I kindly suggest that while it may not be a matter of salvation, it can certainly be a matter of sanctification, and I'll explain why. If this is the rapture, and I believe it absolutely is, then doesn't that sort of change the complexion of everything? Wouldn't it stand to reason that it would have a profound impact on how we live our lives? Bear with me. Let's just say for purpose of discussion that, you know, I, I, I can't sign off on this. I still think it's a, you know, falling away. It's a apostasy. It's a spiritual departing from the faith. Okay, fine. Let, let's just, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So the tribulation can't begin, can't happen until The, not a, the, which is not a reason, by the way, the falling away comes first. Oh, wait a minute. There's always been apostasy and falling away and a departure from the faith throughout the church age. And by the way, that's so ambiguous how are you gonna that's like how do they say it you know nailing jello to the wall sorry for the if you have a better one let me know afterwards I'll start using it but how do you get your hands on that and and that, that doesn't make any sense because then Paul in the context of the rapture is saying oh by the way um Did we talk about this when I was there with you? And did I mention this in my first letter to you that there's going to be this apostasy, this falling away? And do you remember? Did I, did I say, was that a different church? Maybe that was the Corinthians I told that to. Huh. Maybe it was the Ephesians. Maybe it wasn't the, I don't know. I I mean, you see where where I'm going with this? It's so wishy-washy. I, I, I used that term a couple of weeks back during an update and one of our online members, I love this so much. I, I made the comment, you cannot be wishy-washy about the rapture. And so the comment was, I'm not wishy-washy, I'm watchy-watchy. <laughs> I thought, perfect! That's exactly right! That's a t-shirt right there or a hat or something or a bumper sticker. But how do you, I mean, he, And and by the way, how does that make any sense? That here Paul is trying to clarify what he told them when he was with them and he wrote to them, why would he introduce this that he'd never mentioned to them? That would even further confuse them, wouldn't it? I mean, that would bring up a whole list of questions. Well, wait a minute, how are we going to know when the last Christian has fallen away? It's actually the opposite, by the way. So, okay, so it is the rapture. Now, reread the verse through the lens of this being the rapture. And what, what does it say? It says the tribulation can't start until the rapture comes first and then the Antichrist is revealed. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert, once the Antichrist is revealed, lawlessness, deception, lying, signs and wonders, that is a description of the seven-year tribulation. That's why it matters. Listen to what John said in 1st John chapter 3 verses 2 and 3. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, notice, not comes, appears, that's the rapture, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And then he says this, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. In other words, when you know that the Lord could come at any time, that is going to have a profound impact on how you live your life you get your affairs in order he's coming and don't don't think for a moment this is referring to any Thing having to do with works. We're not saved by works. It's not a purifying ourselves. No, we are righteous in Christ. Christ's imputed righteousness, though our sins be as scarlet, Isaiah says, he makes them as white as snow. This is, in other words, (laughs) having this hope, you get your affairs in order, you get right with the Lord. You get serious about the things of God with this hope. This I know in my own life, this anticipation of just how soon the Lord's return is for the rapture of the church, it affects everything I do, every decision I make, in every arena of life. I want to share with you... What someone said to me when I was just a new believer concerning the pre-trib rapture, which I have always believed, I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years, I was well taught from the from the start, and I'm so thankful for that. So we're having this conversation, and I'm sharing with him about why I believe in a pre-trib rapture, and he says to me, he says, "Well, you know what." I'm pan-trib. I'm like, pan What? I, I asked him what pan-trib meant, and he said, oh, I just believe it's all going to pan out in the end. And then it was stuck with me, and I thought, well, okay, you know, I'm young, I'm, you know. I share that because maybe then, this is back in the 80s, Don't do the math, I was five, so a long time ago. Maybe then, but today, I do not believe that the world in which we are living today is forgiving of such ambiguity. One need look no further than to the many Christians today who are sadly, unnecessarily riddled with confusion and filled with fear. I can't even begin to tell you how many questions we get, emailed, posted. Uh, has the sixth seal been open? Are we in the tribulation? No. It's like the Thessalonians then, there are many now that think we're already in the tribulation, and the rapture doesn't come first. That's what I mean by, "We have to settle this. This has to be settled. You'll forgive the play on words, but I see pantrib believers as synonymous with panicked believers. They're uninformed at best and deceived at worst. And this is why it is so important, I would even argue it is of paramount importance to be settled and sound and solid when it comes to the pre-tribulation rapture doctrine. Doctrine. It should be noted that panic, you know where the word panic comes from? Those of you that go to Israel with us, you know, go to this place called Caesarea Philippi. Very, very interesting place. Very evil place. In fact, it's where the gates of hell are. And it's where this false god was feared and worshipped. You know what that God's name was? God, by the way, with a little g. (laughs) You know what that God's name was? Pan, where we get panic, fear. And it's there that Jesus, in Matthew 16, tells His disciples that the gates of hell would not overcome His church. Let me say lastly, that I am personally so very glad that I am sound doctrinally concerning the pre-tribulation rapture. Let me say the same thing in a different way. I cannot even imagine not having this settled, being unsure, unsettled, what if? Because... At a time like this, with everything that's happening in the world, no wonder Christians are so full of fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear. No wonder Christians are so confused. Satan is the author of confusion. Of course he wants to do that. I mean, I know. The rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. Not only is that a game-changer, that's a life-changer. Because no matter what happens, and it's happening, it's getting real, isn't it? Would you agree? It's, hey, I was thinking about this. I just, I want you to, this isn't very perky, but um, I was thinking about this. So, what's next? No, right? Hey, by the way, Atlanta, Georgia, did you see this? He burned down a Wendy's, take over the streets, rioting, lawlessness. Another black man killed by a white police officer. We don't know the facts, but oh my God, are you kidding me? What's, what's the next thing? I mean, we we know, at least I I hope you know, that there's an agenda. We talked about this in the update today. The agenda to destroy this controlled demolition of the current world order in order to usher in this reset and new world order. So I'll close this way. I am totally at peace. I have no fear. Even if it gets worse before the rapture, and it could, it could, I still have the blessed hope of the rapture, even if things get worse before the rapture, because I know that it will absolutely happen before all hell literally breaks loose. That's why this needs to be settled.
0: Thanks for joining us today for In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the New Testament book of Second Thessalonians, a letter penned by the Apostle Paul to encourage a church that was doing its best to stand for truth against false teaching. Is that something you face today, too? It's possible there are many in this world that don't know the whole truth of the Bible and pick and choose what passages they like, even twisting words to fit their agenda. Don't let their lies confuse you. Take all that you hear back to the Bible itself. We hope today's teaching has inspired and encouraged you and that you're eager to continue learning from God's Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that? You can connect with us by visiting our website in spiritandtruthradio.com and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor JD's teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. All that and more can be found at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. With
1: your will. Holy me too